I would say when you're befriending a theater kid, just use caution. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to That Pretentious Book Club. Hi, friends. Um, you're back with your favorite hosts of any podcast you've ever listened to. Over there is oh Kendall Shaw. You can't get enough of us. Can't get enough. Hello. AKA Hi, howdy. Dr. Spoons oh. Palermo. You're good. <laughs> Just dragged out your intro. <laughs> Not me interrupting you every single thing you say. It's true. Well, it's... I did it again. I did it again. <laughs> I'm going to shut up. No, it's hard. It's because we are recording remotely today, so it's particularly difficult because you, like, can't really gauge when your co-host is going to say something, so it's so much harder. <laughs> Carissa and I spend, because we always record remotely for the Scriptorian Society, we spend, I feel like, half of the episode talking over each other <laughs> because it's so hard to do. And over there is my lovely co-host, Ash O'Rourke, but you can call her Wheezy. It ain't easy being Wheezy. <laughs> I almost forgot my little line, but what's my line? What's, what's my line? <laughs> line? Line. <laughs> wow, that's on topic for today. I know. So, um, the reason we're recording remotely is because sport poor spoons has been sick this week. You guys want to see my positive COVID test? Yeah, it's right here. <laughs> nice. Yeah, if you guys uh -oh. are watching the YouTube video, cute. Uh, dude, when I took mine a few weeks ago, the lines were so dark it was almost like blood red on my test, and I was like. <laughs> This is just intimidating looking. <laughs> they were like, you have mega COVID, actually. So. <laughs> exactly. I was like, oh, my God. This is crazy. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. But now at least we're like, you know what? We both had it recently. So at least we can just move on from here with a little bit of confidence for the next few months. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh. Man. Well, how are you feeling now? How's your How's your week of illness been? Well, it's been pretty chill. I've been in this room <laughs> almost the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have been having like, for most of the week, been like really tired, like really intense brain fog. Like I can't think about any anything. Mm -hmm. So I've just been like, <laughs> I'm awake and just like watching movies or something. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Mine was the same. I have way. the plague. I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, you absolutely are. I couldn't do anything useful when I was sick because I was like, I'd be like, I'm gonna use this time to write or read, and I was like, I can't, I can't. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to read. I don't want to. My brain can't do the thing with the letters and the words. It can't do those things right now. <laughs> it was like so bad for like a few days ago that I kept doing stuff where I was like, I would do this if I was drunk or something. Like, why did I just do this? Or like, why did I walk over here? Why would I text that person that really weird? <laughs> and so, so I was funny. like, I don't even want to know what I'd do if I was trying to write. But yeah, I'm pretty much better now. I'm glad you're feeling better now. You said you have earth shattering news that you wanted to share. Oh my God, do I? <laughs> Last night I was watching SNL. One of the few times I was out of this room, I was in the living room. Uh -huh. Taylor wasn't here. Uh, I was watching SNL with Juicy, and it was over. And then I was flipping on the channels, and I went to the Bob Ross channel mm -hmm. and watching a little Bob Ross because he's relaxing and nice. Uh -huh. And Juicy parked up, baby. She was like, what? What is this? And she was sitting next to me just watching 
the TV what? like extremely closely. She was like, just <laughs> focused on Bob painting. And it was so cute. And I got a video. I was like, oh, it's juicy like so Russ. And then right as I was like, had done, finishing that video, she jumps off the couch, runs up to the front of the TV and just sits down right in front of the TV and is watching Bob Ross like what? directly. Oh my she's, God. Like, watching him. And I was just losing it. And I got a video of her doing that. And then she jumps up on the little TV counter oh thing God. and was watching him paint. That is wild. From like two inches away. That is so, so funny. She's it obsessed. Was so cute. That's her hero. She loves him. She loves him more than she loves John Wick. I was like, this is so freaking cute, Juicy. That is so... You have to share those videos on the Instagram. I will. I will for sure. That is I was so like, cute. I can't get enough of this right now. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> My cats have not been that cute this week. <laughs> they're both They're both here. You gotta put on Bob Ross. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what it is. It's a lack of Bob Ross in their lives uh-huh. that makes them this way. Although right yes, now, yes. like, I, it's me that I'm complaining about them because they're literally just snuggled up, both of them on either side of my legs right now. <laughs> but that's because they spent hours trying to wake me up this morning earlier. So then they're like, now you're awake? Cool, we'll take a nap. Shifts. We go in shifts. <laughs> you're like, that's not how this works. <laughs> they're like, you got this. You can keep watch now. Yeah. <laughs> Very annoying. Ugh, they're so cute, though, you know. Are they? Yes, Aww. they are cute. Well, I have, I mean, I have some semi-exciting news. It's not as exciting as the Juicifer being really into Bob Ross. Well, what is, you know, but Truly. go ahead. Well, we <laughs> we went and we, went, we went and looked at a house yesterday. I knew this was going to be a bad house. I was like, it's going to be so funny. She's like, we bought a house. And I'm like, okay, but have you seen what my cat did? Okay, so go ahead. Well, we didn't buy a house. We actually, we put in an offer on a house um, last week, the week before. And then when we were doing inspections during the option period, basically when you can still back out, we, we basically found out that they had lied about like everything. So they made everything look really nice, wah, wah. but like the set system was broken the foundation was broken like the really expensive stuff to repair it was all broken so we were like mm-hmm. thank you for lying to us and wasting our money on inspections goodbye and so but uh so we were kind of like looking at all the other options and we were like man we are not going to find anything else out here it's just it's so hard to buy a house in this area um but then we there was this other house that i was like oh i just saw the price go down on it it's been on the market for a while so you know it probably is you know there's probably a reason for that you know and so we were like oh i guess we'll go out and see it anyways because the property is really pretty even though like the house is like eh, you know and so we mm-hmm. went out there yesterday my mom and i and i was thinking like this isn't this is i was had like really low low expectations for it right Oh my god, the property is beautiful. The house just needs a little bit of cosmetic work. There's only like one like issue that's like it the house needs to be leveled, which the sellers want to pay for. So, I'm like, what? Yeah. Everything else that's is like awesome. removing the carpet in a few rooms, putting some new trim, repainting, and I'm like, yeah, I can do sure. all that stuff. That's not a problem. So, mm-hmm. Anyways, I think we're going to put an offer on it, and I'm just really excited, so. Oh my gosh, that's so cool! So we'll see. Nothing is, like, said and done yet, but I think we're going to put an offer in on it, and it's very cool. And right now, they've, like, the family has a ton of alpacas, so we got to go meet all the alpacas. (laughs) What? It was a very exciting day. And then we got sushi. My mom was like, let's go get sushi, and I was like, you don't know how much I've been wanting to hear those words. (laughs) because <laughs> we were supposed to have a sushi sleepover and then you got sick yeah but we can have sushi again 
Okay, that sounds good. I'm glad you got your sushi. Love sushi. <laughs> oh god, me too. So good. Man, that was pretty much my week. I that feel like that is a great ha- a great occurrence. A great occurrence. I'm so happy it's for you. It's not quite as amazing as Juicy for being really into Bob Ross. Well, but you know. <laughs> I feel like it's it's approaching that level of excitement. It's it's almost there. It's almost there. You're close. Yeah, there's a bunch you know. of magnolia trees on the property, so I'm like What? Yeah. It's so pretty. That is really nice. It is. And they have like a little lemon tree. Anyways. A lemon tree? Uh-huh. Actually, a bunch yeah, of fruit trees. Please send me pictures. You have to send me the list. I will. I'll send you all the stuff that I've got on it. Um, but it was so funny because unlike all the other properties where like the listings only have like all of the good stuff, like all of the good stuff and none of the bad stuff, basically like they included everything on the listing, like good and bad, but then we got there And there was even more stuff, but it was all good stuff. Like, they had left out a lot of really great stuff about the property. And we were like... Multiple fruit trees. You're like, what? They're like, so we have a little fruit orchard over here. And we're like, a fruit orchard? I'm sorry, say less. And they did say less. And we were like, you can say more. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it was fun. It was good, so. Oh, my gosh. Exciting stuff. Yeah. That is super exciting. Yeah. And then, of course, we got to read this book this week. And, oh, my God... This book, this book yeah, was this book. amazing. <laughs> it's so this the book we're doing for this episode is If We Were Villains by M. L. Rio, and it was a recommendation from a listener from on Instagram. Their name is Mac Cybersloths. So, Mac, thank you. Mac, cannot, you're a, truly an intellectual and a genius. A, truly an intellectual and a genius. I cannot thank you enough because this is probably in my top three favorite books now. Like of all time, potentially, unless I'm forgetting something. It's definitely top five. It might be top three. I could not put this down. No. This was just, oh, and it's not even my usual genre of favorites, you know? Like, this is not the genre that usually makes my favorites or has ever made my favorites. And it is so good. I can't. It was like unbelievably good. It was unbelievably good and it was a dude main character we know how i feel about those and i was still like it doesn't even matter i'm into this i already made a tiktok about it that i'm gonna share this week (laughs) oh my god good inspired um should i tell us about ml rio yeah let's talk about ml rio spoiler alert i did not do enough in-depth research to find her birthday yet so (laughs) Sorry, That's but okay. I do have her Instagram and her Twitter, so I'm sure it would just be a little bit more digging. But on my initial look, see through, I did not find it. That's okay. But I will find it later. We could even try. Oh, we did Samantha Down. Even just be like, find them on Instagram. And be like, would you mind sharing your zodiac sign with us? God, I would love to. Her Instagram bio literally says, "I do not look at DMs." Oh no. Oh. Well, I could DM her on Twitter, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I do not look at DMs. Very straightforward. Or you could just send a nice email. Yeah. I love sending authors emails because sometimes they email you back. Have you ever had that happen? Uh, no. Because mm-hmm. I haven't written to an author since I was young, and that was when I sent paper letters. Ah, uh, okay. So I've gotten responses to my paper letters. Well, that's even better. Yeah. When I read... I read this book a couple of years ago and I emailed the author and was like, I love this. <laughs> Sometimes they'll just do that. <laughs> See, uh-huh. like, if they respond. And she was like, Oh, that's awesome. She was like, Have you read this uh, bonus excerpt? And just sent me, like, 
a little excerpt that I couldn't even find on her website or anything. So it's like, I don't know how I would have read this, but the author herself sent it to me. That is magical. And then another author, one time I emailed her and I was like, are you going to do a sequel? And she was like, I don't have plans for a sequel, but and we like had a little email conversation. Oh, that was nice. That's super nice. Anyway, nobody cares about that shit. I don't know why I told everybody. (laughs) No, that is this is literally (laughs) the only group of people who does care about that shit. This is the people who care. If you guys bully me enough, I'll tell you which books they were for. I want to know which books. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I guess it's not embarrassing. These were like, they're just very YA, Uh but it's fine. Um, We love YA. Excuse me. Okay, here was one of them. Um, Alyssa B. Scheinman, the author of Second Star. Oh my God, I loved that book. This book slapped, actually. Yeah, you lent She's it to really me, good. and I was like, this is everything that I love. Okay. Yeah. Okay, for those who don't know, it's a second star is a, this is just that book right corner. I don't know. Uh, it's a Peter Pan surfing AU. <gasps> it's so good. It's freaking good. I'm when not lying When you to. lent it to me, I was like, I have my doubts. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And then I read it, and I was like, I can't believe I doubted this. This book is amazing. No. I never want to stop it's, reading it. It's super good. And like Captain Hook is hot, obviously. Of course. So, you know. Um, duh, because he is. <laughs> and then, of course he is. And then my other one, the author of um, Olivia Twist. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The It's a gender bent. Oliver Twist. Oliver Twist. Like sequel. Uh-huh. <laughs> do with that what you will um it I love was in it. it was a what if oliver twist was a girl and now she's an older teen and also the artful dodger is hot and i love they that get so together much. okay see i that sounds awesome <laughs> it was so awesome that's fantastic <laughs> i wrote to um the author of em- the emily Winsnap series who oh! i'm horrified to say at the moment i suddenly don't remember her name it's Liz Kessler. Yes, Liz Kessler. I was obsessed with Liz Kessler. I wrote her a paper letter when I was a kid, and she wrote Aww. back. And it was, yeah, I'm sure I have it somewhere in a box. I have to look for it, but that's amazing. Yeah, it's the only time an author. I loved Emily Winsnet. I know. I did too. I mean, my mermaid thing, man. Oh my god, it's one of those things where I think I I don't know why, but mermaid media like always sticks in my head more than other stuff. I think because it's like the stakes seem very high to me like <laughs> i was you know used to watch um h2o and yes. stuff, obviously who didn't and <laughs> no cleo no, no cleo <laughs> and i'm just to this day sometimes if i like get a drop of water on me my brain goes if you were an h2o right now you'd be a mermaid and everyone would know i think that all the time i pick up like a glass <laughs> with condensation on it and i'm like well <laughs> i know same it's like what's that about yeah and with Emily Winsnap, because her thing was like she had to be fully submerged in water uh-huh. and she like never had been, even though she lived on a houseboat uh-huh. on the o- ocean, which it makes sense if you read the book, people. Yeah, but she, it makes um, sense. Okay. Yeah. Just like don't even question it. Do not but question I it. always would think about that. I'd be like, well, I wonder if my life would be radically different if I'd never been fully submerged in water. <laughs> I was like, what does it feel like to not have taken, like, a bath? I wonder if my life would be radically different. (laughs) 
Oh, uh, see, that's that brings me back to the house again. Like, it only has two things that aren't on my list, which is fireplace. They were like, yeah, there was a fireplace. We got rid of it because we thought we'd never use it. And I'm like, you what? And also, there's no bath. It's just two showers. And I'm like, Aww. they're nice showers. But I'm also like, but, mm. but. Are the bathrooms big at all? No, they're not. The shower, though, I mean, their showers are both decent size, but like the master shower is huge. So it, the ba- bathroom is basically mm. like 90% shower. <laughs> and then there's like a toilet and a sink, <laughs> but it is like 90% shower. And I kind of mega love it. shower. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe you could do one of those cool things. If it's on some land, maybe you could do like outdoor bathtub. <gasps> you know, people do that on like HGTV and stuff. And Hang make it really on. Cute. You are so correct. We have to do that. I think it's very feasible. I think it's very feasible. Absolutely. God, that's a great idea. I love that idea. I love outdoor showers and outdoor bathtubs. I'm just like, yes, I never want to shower. I never want to get clean inside. I want to go outside. We must go out where the dirt is in order to get clean. <laughs> to get clean. <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, um, what else do we know about ML Rio? Oh, yeah. I have told you basically nothing about her. So. Okay. <laughs> ML Rio, born in... Miami, Florida, but then she moved to North Carolina. She um, participated in Reading Rainbow's Young Writers and Illustrators Contest as a kid. Reading Rainbow. And that's where she kind of got her thing about wanting to write stories. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know what the story was about? Um, Yes. It's about a girl who has a pet dragon (gasps) that she has to hide from her parents. (laughs) (laughs) That's And like people who were out to get her pet dragon. Honestly, I feel like I've written a story like that. I've written a story like that. <laughs> who ha- who among us hasn't written a story about a pet <laughs> dragon? God, seriously. Yeah, so then she wrote her first novel th- at the age of 12. Uh-huh. And then nice. kept, like, you know, writing books and stuff uh-huh. and then scrapping them because she was like, these are bad. Yeah. Which, again. Same. <laughs> who among us? Who among us? She also got really into acting. Ooh, I can relate. And she made her stage debut in the title role of Rumpelstiltskin. What? <laughs> Which she says on hindsight was probably just because she was the shortest one. That's hilarious. <laughs> then she got into some Shakespeare and she's done a lot of Shakespeare and she actually holds a master's degree in Shakespeare studies from King's College in London. I saw that and I'm like, wow, that's intense. And the Shakespeare's Club. Yeah, I know. She like knows her stuff, obviously. Yeah, seriously. Um, and now she's going for her PhD in early modern English literature. Wow. Um, at the University of Maryland. So she's like a genius. She's like a genius. Got yeah. it. <laughs> um, it shows. <laughs> I know. God. She lives in D.C. and she has a dog named, you know, her dog's name is Marlo. Oh, I literally screamed when I saw that. Okay. So this is like the most intellectual author possibly that we've ever read. I know. Oh my God. But like at the same time, like I want to be her. I know. (laughs) I too love Shakespeare and Marlo. This is everything to me. What a queen. I mean, not, I don't know enough about it, but yeah. And oh, and If We Were Villains was published in 2017. It is her debut novel. So well, obviously not her first novel she ever wrote. Yes, but still, this is but her debut novel. I cannot believe this is her debut novel. Like I know. <laughs> I this is I feel like this is like it's very rare that I read a book that's so good that I think I don't think I can aspire to that level of 
story. I just don't think I can achieve that. I know. This is, this might be the only book that I've, well, no, this I would say in a lot of Lee Bardugo's work, I'm like, I genuinely don't know if I could ever write something this good, <laughs> no matter how hard I try and how hard I work. Yeah. Isn't it kind of a great feeling though? Cause you're just like, man, I just want to read everything you write. I'm like, this is a masterpiece. Forever. Exactly. So does she have any other books out? Not as of now. ML Rio, we need more. She's probably like, do you know, know how long this one took? It is so perfect. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually saw a thing about that on her Twitter. It was like a joke about writing a book can take anywhere from two to 80 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. It does. I think she's just working on her PhD and stuff. Well, it I'm sure that's very I didn't time see anything about her writing a new book, but. Well, I'm sure. I'm that sure she will. Yeah. And I'm sure that working on your PhD is extremely time consuming. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe because it was picked, I think it was picked up by a smaller publisher, perhaps. But this book has like a lot of different covers. Does it I really? That. No, I did not yeah. notice that. I just I, have there, the plain black one with the ivy four. all over it. There's also one that has kind of like Shakespearean script on it. Ooh. And then one that has. The one that I was listening to the audiobook and it has like um a skull on it with like a sword going through. Well, do we have anything else about ML Rio? Are you ready to get into this book? I am ready to get into this book. Okay. So we start out. There are <laughs> there are seven characters, right? They are all fourth years in a conservatory. So they're all acting students. And this is this is different than your normal college experience because basically if you don't make it like if you don't you can basically really easily fail out of your grade and then you mm. you're done you don't get a degree so these are all they've made it to the fourth year this is their last year they've all been in it together from the beginning they're kind of like the cool kids of the theater group a lot of this I was like I'm really familiar with these dynamics from being in theater for so long <laughs> and like my, my minor was in theater in college so there is there's always that group of like they're seniors they've all been in all the plays together and they are the most talented and that's why and so they all just continuously get the leads mm-hmm. because it's not like when you're kids and like you know the directors try and give everybody a part you know like really it's all it's based on <laughs> if you can really do it and also the director's vision and so they do have favorites and they typecast their favorites. And these are the seven who are like, they all have their very specific types and they always get cast in those types. And they're almost always the lead characters in these plays. And they only do Shakespeare. This is like a Shakespeare conservatory. So mm-hmm. they also like in all of their like just conversations, they'll just break into like Shakespeare, just bre- <laughs> just speaking Shakespeare, which is just, just bananas i've been like this book made me think maybe i need to give shakespeare another chance (laughs) heck yes yes honestly like that part of it i'm like if i knew them in real life would i like them probably not but in the context of the book i'm living for it like yeah exactly (laughs) well it makes you want to like you're kind of like i want to be a part of a group like this would (laughs) i like this specific group of people probably not (laughs) <laughs> I doubt it. Spoiler alert, probably uh, not. Spoiler alert, probably not. Um, so we've got here, I'll give you the setup of the seven characters, because this is all about these characters. Um, mm-hmm. The main character is Oliver. So he's like, this is the book is from his perspective. He basically thinks that he's the least talented of the group, which is to say he's still within the top seven most considered most talented, basically, in the acting <laughs> program. But of those, he's like, kind of the least talented he gets put in the supporting lead roles 
him. Mm-hmm. Um, Philippa is, a, she's a chick in the group and she's kind of like, she also gets those parts. She's like kind of the least talented, gets this. I'm like, the, I feel like I would be Philippa in this group. <laughs> Philippa has to play like boy parts a lot yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah. So she has to play boys' parts a lot. She's because basically her and Oliver's thing is they could be anybody. But Oliver's really good at being the sidekick, and Philippa is just a chameleon who's really good at playing anybody. But they mm-hmm. don't typically get leads. Um then we've got Richard, aka Dick. Uh Richard <laughs> he gets basically all of the leads. Like any, like, character that has to be, like, big and loud and intimidating and, like, you know, like, kings and stuff, which, like, there's loads of, like, royalty and kings and impressive characters in Shakespeare. So he always plays those. And he's, it's definitely gone to his head. He is, from the beginning, I was like, <laughs> what a twat. But then. Yeah, like, he starts off kind of, like, like he's so annoying, but whatever. I guess he's their yeah. friend. And then, he and gets then you're worse. like, oh. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, I see how this is. Um, there's Richard's girlfriend, Meredith, who she gets always cast as, like, the sexy, powerful woman because she's super sexy. And so she basically gets typecast, and she knows that she gets typecast because she's hot. And so mm-hmm. she's like – so, like, there's also – all of their talents are, like, very much double-edged swords, and you can see that. And, like, I'm also kind of like, this acting conservatory is very harmful. <laughs> like – they basically make them dig in depth to their insecurities and strengths in a way that I'm like, this is damaging. I don't think this is good. It's very intense. It's very intense. So um, there's Ren. Ren is uh, Richard's cousin. And she's like kind of Luna Lovegoodish in her vibes, honestly. A bit, yeah. yeah. And she always plays the ingenue. She's like waif-like, you know. Um, there's James. James always plays the hero, the prince, you know, the, the love interest. Uh, And he and Oliver are best friends. They've been best friends since like they started school together. They're roomies. They all, oh, and here's the other thing too, that I'm like, all seven of these, they, all seven of these actors are, they stay in like a separate dormitory that they call the castle because it kind of looks like a castle and it's literally just them. And this dorm has like a library and everything and it's separate from the rest of the campus. So you're just like it's like of course crazy. this of course something bad was going to happen. Oh yeah. But also it's made them like super close. Yeah. They're like basically family. Yeah, they're basically the family. But I'm also like you want to you want to lock seven theater students in a castle <laughs> together and you think someone's not going to get murdered? I you're know. crazy. I was thinking that too. I was like, listen, we all know theater kids are insane. <laughs> like, really what? insane. And it, part of it is that it's just that, like, it, it can get so hard to separate yourself from the character. And, like, any part that you play, you never fully let go of that. Like, it does change you forever a little bit. So these are kids who, but kids, they're all, like, 20 in their, like, early 20s. They have all devoted their lives to this this far. So, like... These are not even your average theater kids. These are like, these are ultra theater, ultra theater kids. These are like theater kids premium. Like (laughs) it's crazy. So they're all like still all kind of have carry pieces of every single part they've ever played with them, which you can see. And because they're all typecast, it just like enhances like their natural personality. So they're just, they're just a lot. But, um, so I do it all. Oh, and then there we have Alexander who's just, he's something. He's like... Oh, yeah, we forgot about Alexander. Yeah, he's like, he's alternative. (laughs) 
<laughs> so either way to say it, he loves yeah. his drugs. He really loves his drugs. He does. He does love those. He's drugs. a Mercutio type, and that's the type he gets cast as. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. He yeah. really is, and I, for that reason, loved him. But he kind of spiral. They all spiral. They really all spiral I in their own too, ways. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's. I think that's everybody. So there's Oliver, mm-hmm. James, the best friends. There's Ren, who's cousins with Richard. Richard is dating Meredith. Um, Alexander is the Mercutio of the group. And Philippa and is Philippa. basically just the most reasonable person. Also, all their families are, like, pretty rich. Like, they're pretty well off. And they're mm-hmm. not, like, really, like, healthy family dynamics, but oh well. Um, so Philippa's the only one who we don't know anything about her family the whole time. And she also seems to have, like, the most normal background. And she's, like, kind of, like, unflappable and just... I liked her. I was like, you're, like, the most normal of the theater kids. You're, like, that Philippa's one like, normal person. Yeah, she's one of the best. Yeah. Yeah, I she is. Her. She's, I would say she's, like, the only one who doesn't at any point in time completely lose her mind. Like, no. <laughs> everybody spends this whole, trying to pick a sound to make a TikTok video with to do one of these characters goes to therapy. The only ones that I was relating to were ones where, like, literally, it's just, like, it's just screaming. It's just people screaming. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. They uh, all need to go. Yeah, they need to go to therapy so bad. So that's this is this is how we set up the characters. Um, basically, they all like they just they all know how to communicate each other communicate with each other in a very specific way. They like will quote Shakespeare to each other, and they totally know what each other means. They like rag on each other. They're really like as close as siblings are. Like mm-hmm. honestly, um, and throughout the year they have to do like a bunch of different types of performances. Um, I would say things kind of start to get crazy when so. They all get okay. So they're supposed to be doing Caesar, right? That's going to be the big performance mm-hmm. um, for like the semester or whatever. But they also do like a Halloween performance, and no, this I think this idea is so cool. No, this was awesome. Yeah. So basically, every kid gets like a letter in their mailbox that says what character they're going to play, but they can't tell each other, and they they get to like they go do like you know like fight and costume stuff, but they don't tell anybody what their part is, and they don't rehearse together or at all. And then they just show up to, like, this designated place, which is, like, on the lakefront. Because there's a lake on this campus, too, and, like, a of forest, of course. And um, they just show up, and they do it, and they do the thing. So it's so cool. Yeah. Um, like, on Halloween. On Halloween, exactly. So, and Macbeth is the spooky Macbeth. one. So everyone gets pretty yeah, much... with the witches. With the witches, exactly. Everybody pretty much gets typecast exactly how they expect for that one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... But the thing is, Richard's been getting this whole time, and Richard's playing Caesar, you know, Caesar. So, and in, <laughs> if you know anything about Shakespeare's Caesar, this is where the et tu, Brute line comes from. Like, this is basically at the end, Caesar is murdered by all of his former friends because, for by his best friend, Brutus, because for the love of Rome. Basically, they think Caesar's destroying Rome. Brutus is like, I have to choose between my best friend and Rome. And so him and all of their buddies go and murder Caesar. And so, just, like, really, like, the all of the plays that she chose to, like, to put in this book are so parallel. <laughs> she, she ties it right into the plot there. She ties it right there. in so well. So, Richard's just been getting more and more dickish this whole time. He's becoming, like, a huge asshole. Yeah, he's becoming sure. a huge asshole. Well, I think he can see that, like, Meredith is definitely kind of, like, interested. She's kind of fascinated by Oliver. Oliver mm-hmm. and James are, like, the only guys who've never, like, fallen on all over themselves to get to her. But James is mm-hmm. kind of, like, acts like he's almost, like, repulsed by her. 
Yeah. Oliver is trying really hard not to be attracted to her. <laughs> He's trying yeah. so hard. But he obviously is. And now Meredith is kind of like, oh, hi, Oliver. And Richard's mm-hmm. like, don't even look at another person. He's Yeah. And yeah. he, like, is mad because he doesn't get, some, like, doesn't he not get the part he yeah, wants Yeah, he for... didn't get the part he wanted for something. Uh, Hamlet. Or, it's not for Hamlet. For Macbeth or something like that. Yeah. yeah he's, like, being just kind of a huge yeah jerk basically this as soon and, as he doesn't get this the single part that he wants he turns into like just a dick yeah and so like at this Macbeth thing that's when it gets bad that's when it gets bad at the Halloween Macbeth thing so it's after the show's ended they're having their like end of show party or whatever on the beach everyone is just wasted it's pretty <laughs> much just them and a couple other people hanging out and basically they're playing chicken in the water in the lake and then Richard just straight up loses it and starts trying to, like, pick a fight with James. And then he basically almost drowns James and they have to pull him off of James. And, like, you're, like, so every time something bad happens with Richard, you're thinking now is when he's going to. Because you know that, like, there's going to be a murder in the book. But you're, like, when, where, how? And I just kept <laughs> yeah, expecting it, was... it to happen. <laughs> yeah. But they pulled him off, whatever. They, like, Richard made some lame apologies the next day. Everyone's acting like things are back to normal. But, of course you've just tried to drown your friend yeah like literally kill him (laughs) yeah so not great um so then they keep doing all their like rehearsals and stuff we meet Gwendolyn and Frederick who are in charge of the conservatory um oh my god I almost forgot to say this is a frame story Oh, so oh, this is oh, important. Yeah. The book this is, is important. This is important. The book is split up into five acts, like Shakespeare's plays are, and each one has a prologue, like Shakespeare's plays. Um, and in those prologues, you basically see um, Oliver ten years from when, from when all of these events are happening. Basically, all we see is that he's been in jail for ten years. This detective who has decided to retire or go like go private now is like, I just want to know the truth. I know that we didn't actually sort this out. So I'll get you out if you'll tell me the truth. And so every prologue is a different scene of him with the detective, like walking, like they start out in the jail and then they're at the campus and then they're like walking around the campus to the different places where all this stuff happened 10 years ago. And it is so good. And so he's, it's crazy. he's slowly divulging, like, the real story, revealing what really happened to yeah. this guy, to Colborne. But it's fun is. because you kind of don't even know what the story is at all because you haven't finished the older part of the book yet. Exactly. So you're like, who, who, what happened? Is this about something Richard did yeah, or whatever? Like, you, like at the you beginning. don't know why he's in jail. You literally yeah. don't know why. He's, even and at the very- end, even after Richard like spoiler but not spoiler or about to get there even after richard dies we still don't know if that's why he's in jail (laughs) i know i was like what happened at the end and then um yeah and it's just hard because you're like if you read it you're like it's hard to believe oliver could go to jail for something he's the nicest he's the nicest one best one there (laughs) so you're like what happened something happened exactly it's so hard you you cannot predict it at any point in time what's happening um but it always feels just out of reach. So you are basically learning everything at the same speed that the detective guy is learning everything. Um, and you cannot mm-hmm. jump ahead because you can't. She doesn't let you jump ahead. You can't figure it out. So basically, uh, Richard started getting really rough on stage. They're doing the performance of Caesar now. But he's like, he's pushed Meredith onto the stairs on the stage and she hurt herself or she got hurt. And then um, 
he's like been bruising James's arms in one of the scenes. He's been like just like elbowing people in the head because when they do their fight scenes, the thing is he's kind of getting away with this stuff because these are like fight scenes they're doing on stage, and so off stage you can't always tell when somebody's doing like a fake move versus actually hurting somebody. Yeah. Um, or if they're just, or you can make the excuse they're just too in character, or they just didn't realize, you know, because they're in the moment. But Richard is being very intentional about it. And so oh, yeah. one of these scenes, and I so symbolic, basically they decide like they're going to like fight back a little bit. And like the next, for the next performance of Caesar, um, when they go on stage to like a quote unquote attack Caesar or whatever, they actually kind of beat up on Richard a little bit. But Richard is so big, he still hurts them. Like Richard is just like, just intense. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. And so then, so also I'm like, he's acting like such a little bitch and he, he was playing Caesar. I'm sorry, so he didn't get one role that he wanted. Like, he got Caesar. <laughs> Richard really has, like, no good reason for doing any of the stuff he, he does. He doesn't. He has no good reason. And he's insanely jealous of anybody who, like, looks at Meredith. And he's very... you. I think he thinks he's protective of his cousin, Ren, but he's not. He's possessive of her. So he's mm-hmm. just... He's just a sucky dude all around for all of oh, the, yeah. all the most reasons. We don't like reasons. Richard. We don't, can you tell we don't like Richard? <laughs> they don't like him either, but they're like, yeah, he's part of the group. So, um, And so basically things have been getting so much worse progressively for them with Richard. Like they're all kind of trying not to acknowledge how bad things are getting. But the Richard that they, that they know and loved has really become awful and abusive. And it's just all coming to a head. And then... <laughs> They have another party. Have you noticed everything bad happens at these parties? They need to stop getting wild at parties. They all drink. They all do drugs. Alexander the worst, so. And bad stuff happens and no one can really remember because they were all plastered. So. Oh, man. <laughs> so so the basically, like, they do the... They have their clothes, their rap party, basically, because they finish the, their performances of Caesar. God, where to start with this party? Everyone's plastered. Richard's sulking upstairs, drinking by himself. Mm-hmm. James and Oliver talking, and then they go back in because they hear everyone. Oh, because they hear there's a commotion inside. They hear commotion inside, and, and Richard and Meredith Richard, are fighting, like, loudly. Yeah, and yeah. he had, like, beat some guy up because he was talking yes, to Meredith. Yes, yes. And so then they're like, what the heck? And then everyone's like, cool off, Richard. And then Meredith and Oliver, and he, uh, uh, Meredith ends up, like, going off by herself, and Oliver goes after her. Yeah. And then they end up making out. Uh-huh. And then they and end then up having sex in her room. While Richard is pounding on the door, threatening on the to door. kill them. And you're like, you know he means it. And so at some yeah. point he goes away. But all of this has happened. It's crazy. And then we don't really know what else has happened until the next morning. Alexander basically wakes everybody up. And they all he's like, You guys have to come to the docks now. So they go down to the dock at the lake. And Richard is floating in the water, just bloody. He's, like, choking on blood. One of his eyes is, like, half gouged out. It's just bad. And they're like, oh, my God, what happened? Like, who saw him last? Like, because basically he got pissed and, like, went off into the woods to drink by himself after this whole thing went down. And that's the last time they saw him. After, like, pushing Ren and stuff. Yes. Like, they tried to – Ren and James were hanging out in the front yard or something. And they tried to stop him when they saw, like, Richard heading off. And he shoved Ren so hard she, like, flew and I, like he's just god this guy is just sucks so bad um but that's like the last time anyone saw him yeah and then everybody was drunk so 
So Oliver's like, I don't know what happened. I was drunk. I know I had sex with Meredith and I woke up and we were both in bed. And then Alexander came to get me. And like, this is all. And everyone's like, everybody was drunk. Nobody really knows. So yeah, basically they're like, God, what do we do? Uh, how could this happen? And then they're like, oh my God, he's not actually dead yet. He's still alive in the water, which is unbelievable. That freaked me out, Me bro. too. And I have like mixed feelings about this. They're basically like, we have to call an ambulance. We have to get help. And then they're like, what if we don't? I don't remember who yeah, said it. Yeah, they're like, it. what if we... What if we just don't? I think it was Alexander. Probably. Or... I think it was Alexander too, but I don't I remember. I think it was. But it's not... I think it was. Basically, one of them is like, we could just let him not you know we could just not you know just whatever happens happen now and like they all act like this was like some big momentous choice but like based on the timeline of this conversation and when he actually died i was like he died like very soon after yeah i'm like even if he had gotten an ambulance he would have died before they got thinking that's what i'm thinking too because they're acting like they're so horrible for being which it is bad to not even try yes but um, mm-hmm. which, okay, that was a bad decision, but I don't think it would have made it. Yeah. They basically all just get really quiet and they're all just kind of thinking like how much easier life would be without Richard. Richard's like made like everyday life kind of a living hell at this point. So they're like, we could just not help. We could just let whatever happens happen. And so they yeah. all like have this big, like the carrot is guilt with them after this. Richard dies in the water. Um, they, then they call the police. Um, and I'm like. It's just, I get it. I think I would probably feel the same way. Like, I would feel guilty too. Although, practically speaking, I'm also like, why didn't you just call the cops? He literally was going to die before the ambulance gets there. <laughs> I know. He wouldn't have been alive anyways. Um, but so now the thing is, they're like, well, we didn't do it, but it looks like we did it. So now they're like, they're like, hey, we have to lie. We have to say that everything's been fine. We can't tell them that Richard's been tormenting us. I was us. so mad about this. I was like, guys, just be honest. Like, I know. This whole time I was like, if you were just honest, you would have all been fine, I feel like. I Like, really. If you would all just. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't want it to seem like they have a motive to get rid of him because he's been abusing them. And I'm again, I'm like why are you doing this so basically this is the I know. this is what sets up the rest of the conflict for the rest of the book is they're trying to deal with their own guilt over richard's death and also the thing is like they they the police do initially rule richard's death an accident they're like he fell on the dock and hit his face and he drowned right in his own blood but the thing is, like, they're all kind of like, it didn't look like it. How could he have? But they just tell themselves that must have been what happened. But secretly, they're all kind of thinking, like, something, something ha- happens. Happened to Richard. Someone yeah. got in a fight. Like, some- somebody, like, this was definitely somebody was involved in this. Um, but they don't really dig too deep into it. They're just, like, just moving on and trying to get on with, Not like, life all. and shows. But slowly, each one of them is breaking down in their own way. Except for Philippa, perhaps, who's got everything pretty much as together as she can. Like, she's sad. She's just, like, sad. But she, like, doesn't lose it. Ren is, like, she's, like, passing out in performances. She's, like, she's Mm -hmm. just a a mess. She just cannot handle it. Oliver is kind of losing his mind. James is, like, straight up acting like a different person. Like, he has a fight scene. James has a fight scene with Oliver. And he just straight up, like, hits him across the face and breaks his nose. Like, on purpose. (laughs) Like, yeah, that was crazy. James and he's like James is snapping at people. He's just acting so not himself, and it's so weird. And he and Ren are kind of have a thing going. Um, yeah, Alexander is now super into drugs, into really dangerous drugs, which is just going great. Meredith and Oliver are now a thing. They're an item now. 
they're trying to kind of keep it on the down low, but they're not trying that hard. So everyone's mm-hmm. like, you know, this makes you look suspicious AF, right? And so mm-hmm. <laughs> Oliver's like, but, but, but we didn't do anything. <laughs> um, let's see. And then who else am I missing? Is that everybody left? I think that's everybody yeah, left. That's Everyone's just breaking down slowly for the rest of the book, basically. Slowly and yeah. then faster and faster and faster. Um, mm-hmm. So they have more performances. They do Romeo and Juliet. Um, we get to learn a little bit about each of their home lives when they go home for the holidays. It's not great. Uh, what is this for? You're making a face. What am I missing? Um, I'm just thinking about the James situation um, a lot. Do you want to so talk like about when the James situation? Of, I would love to talk about it. Um, when Oliver <laughs> goes home to his house, like every, you know, he doesn't really like his family mm-hmm. and his sisters are annoying to him and stuff. And his parents don't get him and his acting and stuff. Yeah. They're like, you can't make money off of this. I know. He's like, I'm literally the seventh best in this, <laughs> in this conservatory. Old. True. So. So he has, like, plans even to go, like, see Meredith later after Thanksgiving or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but then uh, James just randomly shows up to his house yep. in, like, the middle of the night. Yep. Can I just say, um, from the start, I was like, why am I getting a vibe here? I did, you know? too. I did, too. I was like, I was like there's a vibe. Is something going to happen? I know. I know. It's like, okay, maybe I'm just thinking that. I don't know. I know. It's hard. Emma Rio, like, she totally, like, plays you. Because also, James is also in love with Ren. With Ren. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so what is the vibe? I was like, there's some vibe. Yeah. But James is so weird about Oliver and Meredith that I was like, is he jealous? And then, yeah. And then Oliver is so weird about James and Ren that you're like. James and Ren. And then when James comes over there, he's like, Oh, well, you can, uh, I'll sleep on the floor or whatever. He's like, I mean, why can't we just share the bed? And <laughs> oh, Oliver no, was there's like, only one bed. Uh, I guess we can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's only one bed. Exactly. But I was like, I was like, okay, is she pulling my leg? I, there's got to be something. There's got to be something there. there. Exactly. I was freaking out. I, it's either like, you just, you can't tell because, and that's, I, that's, that's kind of the way it should be, I guess. Like, they are just like as close as best friends can be. And isn't that exactly. supposed to be what you are with your significant other? So it's just hard because like, they truly have that. But also James is in love with Ren and mm-hmm. Oliver, I think he briefly loves Meredith. He's extremely just fascinated by her and like, cannot believe yeah. that she would like deign to even want him. I think she loves right. him. I th- I think... I think he loves her briefly, Mm -hmm. but there's a scene basically where they're back at school after the holidays and James and Meredith have to act like they're like their characters are in love and Oliver just, so basically like Meredith and James don't really get along, (laughs) like, but Gwendolyn basically like breaks them down to their core and then remolds them because this is, this is my problem with a lot of like acting, like teaching methods. I really was appreciative of, um, my professor Michael Carey at uh, GCU for theater because he had like the most healthy approach to acting that I've ever seen. But a lot of people will say stuff like you need to break down who you are and rebuild it to like be like the characters. I think that's very dangerous. That sounds unhealthy. It's very unhealthy. And I think that's why you see so many actors who have like a lot of issues. Like they're really having a hard time. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think you have to be careful whenever you're 
your your whole profession depends upon you being somebody else and feeling somebody else's feelings. That's intense. Anyway, so she does this and then Meredith and James have like this crazy hot makeout session in the scene and Oliver just like snaps. (laughs) He's like losing. (laughs) He's so, this is when he realizes that he's jealous. Like he's so jealous that anybody would be with James. Yeah, that. Yeah. And then also at the Romeo and Juliet thing, he gets jealous too. He's like, Wait a minute. Yeah. Well, in the <laughs> Romeo and Juliet thing, he starts to realize, hang on, am I am I jealous? I'm jealous. Yeah. Uh, but not of, like, James getting to be with, like, you know, Ren, Ren or of him getting the good part. I'm jealous that Ren gets to be with James because yes. of Romeo and Juliet. And then... And then and he's like, like, I'll pocket this and not think about it. And not think it. about it. But then the James and Meredith thing really brings it to a head. And he's like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. And he literally just, like, bursts out of the room. And he's like, I can feel everybody watching me. And you're just like... Yeah. Oh, the beginning of the end. Um, that was rough. It was rough. <laughs> basically, they all go home for Christmas. Um, and the family, his family, basically says, "We're not going to pay for your education anymore. We need to send your sister to rehab. So you have to. Um, you're basically either going to have to drop out your last semester or figure out how to pay for it yourself." Personal story: I almost had to drop out my last semester for almost the same reasons. Not like sending a sibling to rehab, but like all of a sudden, one of my parents was like, "Actually, I'm not going to fill out the paperwork for your FAFSA. I'm just not gonna." And I was like, I have one more semester left. Yeah. Oh my God. So I had to take out a loan my last semester. But anyways, it, it happens. This stuff happens. And it's like terrifying because you're like, I did not get this far <laughs> for nothing to lose all of it. And so he does mm-hmm. manage to work it out with um, Gwendolyn and Frederick. They're basically like, well, here, we've got, we can give you some more scholarship money. You can take out a loan and you can do work study. So basically now it's his job to clean like around the campus. So specifically the castle. Um mm-hmm. And while he's cleaning, he finds some weird stuff. In the, when he's sweeping out the fireplace specifically, he finds like like a burned, partially burned, like bloody piece of fabric. And he's like, hey, "What?" And he's like, "Well, he tries to tell himself maybe it's not, maybe it's not blood, maybe it's paint." And I'm thinking of all of the gross stuff I saw backstage, like when I was like working on sets for theater. Like I would, I would probably assume it was paint. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just there's so many weird props. I would never ever think this but yeah anyways so he's like well maybe it's just you know like thinking like a prop or a rag or something that they got paint on but he's also like kind of knows and he remembers that when he came back in or whatever or the next day from the party or something like that philippa was by the fire like sitting like crouched down by the fire and like he didn't really know what she was doing but it's philippa so you trust her you know she's the mm-hmm. most trustworthy of everybody in this book um and he's like, oh, my God. And then as he finds it, who should walk in but Detective Colborn from this mm-hmm. is the 10 years ago version who's still actively investigating because he doesn't think it was an accident that Richard died. Um, and so they have their little tete-a-tete. And um, it's it's funny. And he, he he you can tell that he likes Oliver. It's hard not to yeah, like he Oliver. Does. Oliver is very likable. He is. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> he is a really nice guy. Um, and that's what everybody likes about him. Like Meredith and James both are like, you're just a good guy. And they're yeah. like, I don't want to hear good guys never win because everybody loved Oliver because he was a good guy. <laughs> like, Truly, that's why. Um, anyways, so. Oh, so that's crazy. Um, I'm trying to think before, before I get to the big reveal, if there's any other plot points. They're doing. Um, what play is Lear. This? They're doing King Lear. King Lear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone kind of gets 
like different parts everyone yeah everyone all the guys get different parts than they're expecting the girls get basically what they you would assume that they would get but all the boys get something different and james is playing a villain i believe this is where i was like this was the one play that they did that i don't know very well so i was like dang it i, I feel like either. i'm really missing out on the symbolism because i don't know that play all the other ones i'm like i'm familiar with enough to get it i lear i did not <laughs> yeah. know um but I, James is playing a villain, I believe. Um, I think Oliver is playing the hero. He has like kind of a bigger part. He's a bigger part. Gathering. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's got a bigger part. Um, but Steph's just like, oh, it's just crazy. It's you just have to read this book, you guys, because I cannot like. <laughs> it's so deep. Every character. There's a lot going there's on. So yeah. much going on with each character, and they're all slowly losing their minds. Yeah, they're losing they're it. They're totally um, losing it. Oh, they had a party where Meredith just, like, disappeared, basically. Before, I think it's the night before their final performance of Lear. <gasps> oh, yeah. This is, like, right before all the stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, yeah. It was, their opening um, night party sorry. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so Meredith kind of disappears. And then and James is acting, like, super weird. And Oliver goes to, like, see where he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and James is, like, quoting the Yes, play, he's so drunk. No, he's acting he's, like, like extremely drunk. Yeah, and also like, like, drink, like, how can you quote Shakespeare that drunk? But I bet you could do it, Kendall. <laughs> no, <laughs> I feel like you could no. do it. Um, but yeah, so Oliver's kind of like freaking out because he's like, "What the heck is going on?" And then James is like, kind of gets mad, and he's like, "Ren, let's go upstairs," and like they go off to do you know yeah what you would assume <laughs> and Oliver's assume. like what the heck is going on like he's kind of upset yeah and then Meredith isn't around and yeah. everybody's having a thing and so yeah yeah so, so something is going something's on. going on exactly but something's rotten in the state of Denmark I'll tell you that <laughs> yeah and that's what Colborne had quoted him at that scene and <laughs> yeah. I was like nice work buddy that nice was really work. funny it was good um I feel like ML Rio was just waiting for the perfect moment to drop that line in because <laughs> yeah. there had to be somewhere. Um, so, yeah, so this is really like we are this is like the climax is the end of this party where he's like, this is where you start to suspect James because he's acting just like, I mean, so scary, genuinely scary. Meredith disappears, though, and you're like, where is she? She doesn't even show back up the next day. And they're like, we have the performance. This is when... Um, So he's cleaning, right? He found the bloody rag and he went and hid it in a locker. Now he's like cleaning in the bedrooms. And as he's like making James's bed or whatever, he sees some like cotton that's come out of the mattress. And so he like looks at the mattress and he finds the tear and it's like a big gash in the mattress. Um, And he feels something. So he reaches into the mattress and pulls out a boat hook. And it's got like blood on it. And he's like, oh my God, (laughs) it was James. James killed Richard. I was freaking out. I know. Were you? I was <laughs> losing my mind. So he's like, oh, my God. I was oh like, my no, God. no. And of course, instead of like, you know, turning it into the police or doing anything reasonable, uh, because he's, you know, in love with James, he yeah. runs and puts it in the locker with the other evidence. And then he's almost late to the performance himself. And they're like, dude, put on your costume. And this poor little like first year or whatever is like, oh, my God, I'm so glad <laughs> I didn't have to go on because he was going yeah, to have to go like, on. He was like, sorry, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. So he goes on stage and when and it's his scene with James and it's the scene between James's character and um, Oliver's character. And it's kind of like it's the perfect scene for this because all the lines kind of have these double meanings. And in this scene, like 
James James can see that Oliver knows. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy. And then they go to intermission. And so he like drags James outside and he's like, first of all, what the hell? And second of all, why didn't you tell me? And third of all, what the hell happened? And then you basically yeah. learn that and it's not like James went out and murdered Richard in cold blood. Ren was really afraid for Richard when he went off into the woods that night, totally drunk. She didn't know what happened. So she asked James to go in there. James went in and he was calling for Richard and Richard never came out. And he finally got to the dock. Richard shows up behind him. He's been following him through the woods like a freaking. I feel like Richard's plan was to murder James. I feel like Richard was going to murder him because he tried to kill him before. And now there's no one to stop him. Uh And he hates James. Um. So they're there, basically. They get into a fight because Richard is provoking James. James keeps trying to be like, let's just go back to the house. Like, come on, let's just go back to the castle. Like, come on, we can talk about this later. Come on, let's just go sleep it off. And he's not. He's like, he's like pushing him and trying to start a fight and taunting him and basically saying like, yeah, awful rude things and saying like, um, basically, leave my women alone. He literally says, leave my women alone. He's talking about Meredith and Ren. And I'm like, first of all, yeah, your women and then second of all, he's like, everybody knows that you and Oliver, I'm going to say it because it's how Richard says, are queer for each other. And you're just mm-hmm. like, okay, you are just the worst. And so he's taunting him with like these like awful things and trying to start a fight and like trying to like attack him. And so James grabs, he falls into the shed. They kind of break down like the shed that's out there where earlier <laughs> there had been like buckets of fake blood for the Macbeth thing. So this is all coming full circle. And mm-hmm. he grabs the boat, the boat hook that's there. Um, and now, like, they're out on the dock, like, they fight or fight, and they're back on the dock, and Richard's like, you won't do it, just do it, I dare you, you won't do it, like, mm-hmm. straight up daring him to do it, and James is thinking, the water is right behind me, if he gets me in the water, he's gonna drown me this time, and there's gonna be no one to stop me, and so he swings with the boat hook, and kills Richard, he didn't mean to, and he thought that Richard was dead when Richard fell into the water, Yeah, like, he didn't think he was still alive, so that's what happened. Oh, so dramatic. So dramatic. And so he's been hiding what? it this whole time. So oh, no. just things are crazy. So they go back on and stage. Then, what? Yeah. And then Oliver's realizing like when he woke up the next day, mm-hmm. like Oliver had been like, I mean, not Oliver, um, James had been like throwing up in the, the shower, bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Or like in the shower. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, oh my God, it it's all, all makes sense. Together. And he really, and um, who else knew the whole Philippa, time? Because Philippa. Because Philippa knew the found whole time. James. And yeah. so Philippa has helped him because we find out Philippa is the one who picked him up from prison, by the way, and like the prologues of so like the 10 years mm-hmm. later, Philippa is basically the only one who still goes to see him and talks to him. We find out that her father was in jail, had been in jail for like 13 years or something. Um, so that's like that mysterious background. But she's just like she just has like a, just a cooler head about everything. Um, so she had found mm-hmm. James and she was trying to help him because she didn't think that James could survive in prison. Like... Yeah. he's just she's just like he's too gentle like he just can't do it he's just gonna and i'm thinking yeah i don't know oliver was pretty gentle too. i know I'm like, oh! i don't know it's bad but anyways, everyone's like james feels things more than other people feel things and i'm like oliver's the best one here I know, okay. exactly exactly so um uh-huh. so they go back on stage to finish the performance because the show oh must go on and at the very end James looks into the wings and there's um, Detective Colborn and he's got his badge and he's obviously there to arrest somebody. So 
I was losing it. And then like they kind of mess up the scene because they don't want to go back to the wings because yeah. they know what's going to happen. Exactly. And then they kiss on stage. They kiss on stage. Yep. I was freaking out and everybody in the audience is like, what the heck is going on? Exactly, because it's like the villain of the hero character. Like- <laughs> yeah, like he kills it. He kills, um, Oliver's character kills James's character. And then as he's like lowering his like body to the ground, he kisses him, which was obviously not scripted. And yeah. like, end scene, curtain falls. <laughs> Man, <laughs> uh, so intense. So basically, they, um... <laughs> Oliver admits to the crime. Oliver takes credit for it. He, he says that takes the fall. Yep. He tells the same story James did, but as if it was his. So he so that's why he's only in jail for ten years because it was you know partially they they called it imperfect self defense. So mm-hmm. he, luckily lucky in that sense, I guess. But um, basically, he goes to jail. James tries to convince him out of it. He tries. He's like, please let me take the credit, please, because. They are in love with each other, and he, neither one of them obviously wants the other to be in jail. Um, Meredith knows that it wasn't James, uh, or that it wasn't Oliver. Yeah, and Meredith was the one who went to yep. Detective. That's what oh happened. My. That's where she went when she left the party and didn't show back up. She went to Detective Colborne's house, and she's like, this is what happened, and I'm afraid that Oliver's going to take the fall. Like, she knew. She knew because she knew that Oliver loved James that Oliver was going to take the fall. I thought that philippa knew that and then meredith was the one who was like i think I later think, when she, she didn't think that oliver was going to get that involved i think she did i think that's why she said she went because later at the end of the book in like the epilogue or whatever and he goes to stay with meredith and meredith says that's why she went to detective Colborne. oh i guess i philippa knew that he was going to do it but philippa didn't stop it because she didn't think james could survive in prison <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Meredith didn't want Oliver to go to prison. No, that's that's the thing. She didn't want him to go to prison. But she knew that Oliver was going to try and, and take credit for it. Well, then why would she go to Detective Colborne if she knew that... To tell him that it was James, but then Oliver admitted to it instead. Maybe I was too late when I was reading it. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I could be go. wrong. I could be wrong. Basically, <laughs> Meredith this, cut this, cut this. Meredith knew something, and she went to Detective so, Colborne to... Yeah, well, because she was talking to James, and he was being crazy. And yes, she was like, and that's when she figured cow. out that it was James. Yeah. And so, so she, she went figured. to tell him that it was James. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Isn't that wild? It's crazy. I was freaking out. It's wild. And so he takes the fall. He goes to jail. Everyone comes and visits him a little bit, and then they all kind of just drift off. Um, and now it's ten years later. Even James, even James, James came back like six, like six years ago, I think he said or something was the last time that James came to see him in prison, and he asked him one more time, like, please let me make things right, please let me take credit for this. And Oliver's like, no. And then it's ten years later, and Philippa's picked him up, and he's done. He's told his whole story to Colborne. And now we're in the epilogue. Everybody knows everything except for one thing, which is that James killed himself four years ago. Did you freak out? I did freak I out. I freaked out because Oliver was like, obviously, now I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go find James. Yeah. And they're like, oh. Yeah, exactly. And nobody told him because they were afraid of what Oliver might do. And so they've been, for four years, they've been hiding this from him that James killed himself because he couldn't handle the guilt. Although at the end, 
I don't know. Okay, so basically he goes and he ends up, he, so he hangs with Philippa for a little while. Then he goes and stays with Meredith and they talk and stuff. And that's when, I think that's when she said that that's why she went and talked to Detective Colborn. But I could be mixed up. There was so much going on. Um, but basically that's when um, they're talking about it. Uh, he ends up kind of just living with Meredith for a little while. Um, and then one day he gets a letter in the mail. Um, and it's from James. It's got his name on it. They found it in the seat of his car um, because he basically, they said that he drowned himself, right? So they found mm-hmm. it in the car with his suicide letter. Um, and it's just, it's like a weird um, patchwork of line, of Shakespearean lines, right? Um, and see, this is where I'm just not intellectual enough to get it. But Oliver reads them basically and he's like, this is familiar. This reminds me of something. Um, and he basically implies that James might not actually be dead. That he might be in it, hiding and waiting for Oliver. And that's the, end of the book, that's the end of the book. I did not expect that at all. I was floored because I was already so distraught because I was like, oh, of course it's a freaking tragedy. Mm-hmm. James is dead after all of this time. And then I was like, what Wait, kind of bone not? did you just throw me, ML Rio? I, know. I am freaking out. I was like, this isn't pandering because I can buy it, but I'm also like, I cannot believe she did this. I just didn't expect this. I can't this. either. No, me neither. Amazing. He is alive. He's alive. Are, he's alive. He's alive. <laughs> they are going to meet up again. I cannot. I feel like I didn't. I did not describe this book. I cannot describe this book to the with the quality level that this book is. Like you have <laughs> to read this book. It's amazing. You cannot put it down. It's just after we spoiled all of it for you. Yeah, go now read. go read it. I feel like this book is so good. It doesn't we put even a thing matter. Before that's like maybe we should put like a little like a disclaimer. disclaimer before like really, really we want you to read, read this, this book. book. If you don't want spoilers, just do that first. Yeah, warning. This book is all spoilers, or this episode's all spoilers about this amazing book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, <laughs> favorite least favorite parts. Oh my. God. God, oh, I genuinely well, don't know. I don't even know. I couldn't. I didn't write them down. Um, favorite part? I really liked um the parts where they were doing like their kind of like, like almost improvised plays. Like uh-huh. the, I really liked Macbeth, and I really liked Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, I liked those too. Um, but I was living for the Romeo and Juliet one because I. I was like, I'm freaking right. I knew he was in love with James. Um, so that was a good one. That was a good and one. And I like the descriptions of all the costumes and stuff. You yeah. know, I love that. So. Oh, of course. And then least favorite part. Ugh, I hated it when Alexander like OD'd. Oh, I was like, yeah. this is not what we need right now. Yeah, we didn't cover that, but Alexander OD'd. So that's how what happened. When he didn't die. Down. No, but... he's fine. But I was so mad. I was like, we already have a lot going on right now, buddy. I know. We don't it's need so this true. drama with you. It's so true my favorite part i loved so much of it i really liked the little moments where they would speak to each other in like shakespearean quotes i thought that was really fun um i loved all of their like stage scenes where it was like all like dual meanings those were all so good um and of course the reveal was just amazing like oh my god their confrontation his confrontation with james outside at intermission was just mind-blowing um for least favorite parts I mean, Richard's just a dick. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess that's Lee's favorite character, but I hate that he's been, like, leaving bruises on people secretly. Like, Oh, it made me so mad. Yeah, I hated that. I hated 
I just, yeah. I mean, he's least favorite character and least favorite part because just he just sucks. Which, I mean, that's why they were like, let's just let him die. So it had to be that way. So it was good that it was written that way, but oh, I hate him so much. <laughs> yeah. And favorite character, I think, might be Philippa. <laughs> She's she the great. only one who stays sane this whole time. I did really like her. Yeah. She was so cool. She was cool. I think my favorite character is Oliver, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's rare that a main character is my favorite, so uh-huh. I always like go with it if I have that inclination. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's wise. What about your least favorite? I mean, Richard. Yeah, it's got to be Richard. Sure. It literally has to be Richard. <laughs> I don't Although, know how it could be anybody I, else. I have criticism for Gwendolyn. <laughs> just the, I just think I have, it's notes. Dang- um. I have notes, Gwendolyn. It's just dangerous the way that she's teaching this acting method, this acting methodology. I just don't. I just think it's stupid. I mean, there are other ways. I yeah. just think it's too dangerous. Actors are crazy. They really, really <laughs> are crazy. Quotes. quotes. Yeah. I have, I have two one. quotes. Go for it. Oh, Okay. Mine is, was sort of at the end, I don't remember what chapter, but it is, that is how a tragedy like ours or King Lear breaks your heart by making you believe the ending might still be happy until the last minute. I, I lost my mind when they said that because I was like, you're freaking right. I did keep thinking, okay, something good is going to happen. And then everything goes bad, like right at the end, yep. but then, but then she turn it around on she us because it's a very 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 last millisecond very last millisecond wait a minute oh my is god is something good happening yeah and then she ended it and i was like yeah it's such genius. a relief but I, by the way I you can like all hear quote. my toilet flushing on itself right now no one is in there but i'm sure it's going to come through the microphone my toilet flushes randomly one of the Cause... joys of apartment living i think so that's what that is that's so freaky i know it's it happens all through the night and it's very loud and so i just like wake up and i'm like awesome great why would it do that I have no idea <laughs> sorry anyways do you have any more anyway. quotes no i just like that one because okay. i like how the i don't know I tragedies have, are so dramatic you I know got that yeah um i have two favorite quotes um i mean i had like a million favorite quotes but i'm gonna pick the first and the last quote that i picked um, so the first quote that I underline is on page 23. It's, we had like seven siblings spent so much time together that we had seen the best and worst of one another and were unimpressed by either. <laughs> I was like, I feel like that's a really good description of siblinghood. Because like a lot of, uh, when a lot of writers who don't have siblings write siblings, I feel like that's the element that they're always missing. Like, we we do, siblings just know each other so well. You're just kind of unimpressed by all of it. There's no animosity about it necessarily. You're yeah, just like, you're like, there they are. I don't know. <laughs> there they are. I mean, uh, yep, that's my sibling. Um, and that really <laughs> is like the depth of their relationship. So that like using that line that is so just specifically sincere to sibling relationships was like, wow. Like that just, it just was symbolic of truly how close they all were. Mm-hmm. And then my last favorite quote that I picked is on page 344. It's the first line of the epilogue. It's, I feel at the end of my story, sapped of life, as if I have been bleeding freely for the past few hours instead of simply speaking. Which I'm like, that's so good. Doesn't it feel that way? Like when you've had like a really intense conversation or like when you, I also, I think, I want to say it's Ernest Hemingway. It could be someone else, but there's a quote about writing that says, writing is easy. All you have to do is sit down at the typewriter and bleed. (laughs) (laughs) I always think about that. Like it really can feel that way. Um, 
those were just a couple of the um, like hun- literally there's probably hundreds of quotes in this book yeah i almost picked a different one too just because i really like the description in it but i mm-hmm. didn't pick it so yeah. there's like so many good there's almost every line is quote worthy i cannot say that about like any other book like this <laughs> is the most quote worthy book um yeah so pinky's up five 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 plus like <laughs> i just like 11 pinkies up. 11 pinkies up i can't this is like this i i won't i won't say it's my all-time favorite book because it's still not my like usual genre but i think this might be the best written book that i've ever read in my opinion dang girl so i it's crazy good i really love this book yeah i really liked it too i i think it was uh, I just couldn't stop reading it. You know, it's so fun when you find a book where you're like, oh, I really, really want to know what happens yeah. next. And you don't get bored or like tied with the writing or anything. Exactly. You know, it definitely didn't feel like a chore this week to read. I no. was just like, oh, my God, I get to read more of If We Were Villains. This is so exciting. Yes, this is amazing. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else that you want to say about this book? Uh, we didn't do lessons learned. Oh, that's right. Um, oh, man. <laughs> Lessons learned. Um, Do not mm. go approach the potentially homicidal maniac by yourself. Go with witnesses. Always. Oh my god, James. Yeah. an idiot. If you have the opportunity to live in the dorm referred to as the castle uh-huh. with your seven best friends, uh-huh. think twice. Maybe you know? think twice. You might not all be best friends. <laughs> Are you the all theater kids? Yeah. I would That's say if they're all one. theater kids... Your answer for your own safety should be no, because I guarantee you won't be best friends at the end of it. <laughs> like, it's just can't last. Um, use extra God, caution. Didn't seem fun though. Yeah, I would say when you're befe- befriending a theater kid, just use caution. <laughs> <laughs> this is as a former theater kid myself, and I probably was the most normal of all of the theater kids, like the least theatery of the theater kids. Just beware. Use caution. Use caution. Oh Approach with caution. Um, stop drinking so much. Stop it. <laughs> Please. Everything in moderation. Everything. I just, all of the bad stuff happens when everybody's drinking like that. Like, I get it. It's Everybody fun to was- get wild, get lit every now and then. But there's a difference between getting lit with a couple friends and getting absolutely plastered at a party. Like, with a bunch of people. It's just yeah. different. And also, don't do drugs. And don't do drugs while you drink. Like, stop it. Please, stop. please don't. <laughs> Only bad things happen. Nothing good happens. <laughs> Lessons learned from this book. Do not follow Alexander's footsteps. Do not he follow. He is not a role model. He's not a good example. No. <laughs> I mean, it did not. things did not go well for him, did it? Things didn't go well for anybody. And if just one no. person had been sober, like... All of this could have been better if one person had been sober. Goodness. Man. Um, also, I don't know. Like, if you're ever involved in a shady situation, don't hide stuff from the police, please. It will You will come not out. get away with you it. Won't get, it's all going to come out and you're going to look so much sketchier that you hid it. Just always tell the truth and then you don't have to remember anything and you're not going to get caught in a lie because you will get caught in that lie. I know. Yeah. I think they could have feasibly, I don't know, 
I don't know. I, I don't have, know. I have opinions. <laughs> I think they should have told the truth from the beginning. I think there would have been an investigation. It might have been ruled an accident and just left alone because they all told the truth and weren't sketchy about it. I think the fact that they hid stuff is what made them be like, mm, they're hiding something. Or they would have told the truth and then Colburn would have been like, it's one of you. And then he would have found out that it was James and the right person would have gone to jail for 10 years. Or less because it was so from James' perspective and that he'd almost been drowned before. So clearly self-defense. He might have not even been in jail for 10 years. Yeah. Do you think James should have just told the truth in the beginning? Yes. He also could have just stretched the truth a little bit and said that like Richard was actively trying to kill him when he hit him with the thing. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Which is almost what it was. So I'm like. It pretty much was. And then Philippa could have corroborated that. Yeah. Well, they all could have been like, we were all there and there were even other witnesses to when he was almost drowned by Richard, like a week before or whatever. They should have just told the entire truth from the beginning. Yeah. The fact they were like, we got to act like nothing was would have gotten off easy. Yep. Exactly. They could have showed their bruises and been like, Richard was abusive. He might have. They just, everything would have been better if they'd told the truth from the beginning. Just tell the truth. Now Oliver has to go to jail for 10 years. Oh, man. And everyone else's lives kind of fell apart, too. Like, Meredith is one of... The, Meredith and Philippa are, like, like two of the only ones who were, like, kind of successful. Everyone else is still just trying to recover from everything that happened. I know. It's so yeah. sad. It's crazy. Oh, it's wild. What a mess. Freaking Richard ruining everything. Yep. Seriously. Well, next week, I think we're reading Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien. So... We did The Hobbit last season. We're doing Fellowship of the Ring this season. Lord of the Rings, people, these are for you. So, (laughs) hooray. I'm not sure I'm ready to read all of the descriptions of rolling hills and trees again, but I'll do it. Just don't say you did. I just don't, like I did with the um, Parisian architecture in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Um, but that's exciting. So we're going to do that next week. Um, you guys can check us out on our social media. We're on Instagram and TikTok. Listen, you guys, I have started a new series of TikTok videos called Fictional Characters Go to Therapy. And I think they're funny, but they might only be funny if you've read the book or listened to the episode. But I don't care. <laughs> I'm still doing them. So I did a Phoebus <laughs> one and I have one that is, I'm going to post this week for If We Were Villains. Um, so go check it out. I think I'm funny, but... That's exactly why we created a podcast. I thought they were funny, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You and Carissa thought it was funny, so I was, like, validated. I'm happy (laughs) if no one else likes it. I'm like, I made two people laugh. Exactly. My mom laughed when I told her about it because I I felt like if I explained to her, she would laugh and think it's funny. But I'm not sure if she just watched it, she would think it's funny. (laughs) So I technically got at least three laughs out of it. All right. Um, If you laughed... Um, Hard it. Tell us in the comments. Yeah, tell us in the comments if you think I'm funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, so if you guys have book recommendations that you want to give for next season, you can email us at contact at storysirenstudio.com. I mean, that's how we get some of our best books is through book recs. So, case um, in point. Yeah, case in point, if we were villains, thank you, Mac Cyber Slots. <laughs> we are so grateful to you. You recommended yes. like my new favorite book. So, Congrats, you did it. Book. You did it. You recommended the first one that I gave over five pinkies up that I broke <laughs> the system for. And if it if you recommend a book and we don't do it immediately, that's because we have 
books lined up. Yes. So this book was recommended to us last July yep. and we're just now doing it. Yep. So don't like, don't you know, worry. Freak out. Yeah, we're, do- we're doing our best to get to all of them. Some of yeah. them we just can't feasibly get to. Sometimes we have to pick the one that the most people want to hear about. So, yeah. Um, but we still want to hear from you guys and talk about books. So whether it's about a book rec or whatever else, you can DM us, you can email us. Uh, you can check us out at StorySirenStudio.com if you want to, like, look for some cool merch. We've got some awesome production studio merch on there, some pretentious book club merch on there. Um, you can read more about the podcast and how we got started if that's interesting to you. Um, but, yeah, so go check it out. Um, we also have a Patreon that we haven't talked about in a little while, but it's also Story Siren Studio Patreon. Yeah. And we want to do more, like, fun, like, reader reader stuff on there, like book club stuff, like talk about books. So, um, go check that out if that's something that you're interested in. And the more people we get, the more cool content we can do, like uh, bonus videos and bonus episodes and exclusive merch. Actually, I think there is already some exclusive merch on there. Um, but yeah, so go check it out. Um, reach out if you want to talk about this book or any other books. And we'll see you next week for The Fellowship of the Rings. Until next week, everybody, keep your teacups full. Your pinkies high. And your book club. Pretentious. <laughs> Bye. Bye.